Well, our moms think we're funny. I think the point is exactly what Ellis has said, which is that this is a, a contra- this is a commentary on yuppie culture. I, I think you can still talk about this and the effects of materialism, the effects of trying to impress people, the effects of trying to to make this this culture your entire sole focus. But instead of it being in the case of I'm so I'm so without feeling that that I'll kill people. It's from the perspective of he is so dedicated to chasing this lie and trying to convince people that he's something that he's not, that it's at the sacrifice of his own sanity. Because his sanity also deteriorates throughout the book. It hits the point where you see in later chapters where he's like, oh, I ran through the shopping mall screaming and laughing. And it's like, come on, that's like such a hot topic kid bullshit thing to say. Like, oh, I, sh- I shrieked and terrified everybody around me. Except no, nobody ever addresses or, or, or even looks Patrick's way. I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm out shopping and somebody, like, jumps up on the clothing rack and starts screaming, I'm at least gonna, you know, tell you about it. Right. Hey, hey man, did some, some fucking nutcase <laughs> screaming about it. But no, I mean, he, he just does all this stuff with, with absolutely no resistance. Nobody says or does anything about it. Well, I just I, I I think it's all just so much of a shock value thing that that's where it becomes an issue of the reliability of the narrative. It's it's like no now now oh we're gonna talk about necrophilia now we're gonna talk about cannibalism now oh I'm I'm gonna kill a dog in this in this story. So okay, I'm I'm still I'm still working with you on this whole thing, right? Okay. Um. So I'm, I'm lying to somebody and I'm trying to make myself seem like I'm more than what I am. And I really want to impress you. And so I'm telling you all this stuff, but, and even if, even if I'm, if I'm completely crazy, right? And I'm telling you all this stuff, the lack of cohesion in this, like if I want you to believe something, let's say I want you to believe I'm a badass, I'm a serial killer. I'm going to focus everything along the fact that I'm a badass and I'm a serial killer because I want you to fear me. I'm not going to tell you about the work that I do or how much money I make or that I do a lot of coke or that I hang out and do this stuff because that's irrelevant to me wanting you to be afraid of me. And if I want you to think that I'm better than you because I have so much money, then I'm going to leave out all the stuff about me being a serial killer because that has nothing to do with me trying to impress you and make you feel inferior to me because I make so much money. And then to say, like, well, how do I make my money? Uh, Dude, I don't do anything. You probably work your ass off to get less than what is like... I spend like, you know, what you make in a week on dinner every night. And it's like, and what do you do? Oh, you come home tired every day. You wake up early. Dude, I wake up and I spend like an hour in the gym getting myself together, you know, and then I go to work and I don't do shit at work all day. And I make all this money and I go on a hangout and I do coke and I drink and I do all this stuff. And I'm going to leave out all the other stuff because that doesn't have anything to do with how I'm trying to impress you. But if I'm just throwing all that stuff together, like... It's not impressive at all. It, well, yeah, because he's crazy and tone deaf. He's got a god complex. So then that means that I'm that I'm a crazy guy that's telling somebody, just some random person or a psychiatrist, somebody, all this stuff because I'm not trying to really impress them. I'm just rambling. It just becomes just the insane ramblings of a, of a of a drooling idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which means, which makes in that case, then it makes the entire thing just worthless. I think it becomes worthless over time. From that perspective, I, I think it starts off with like, I, I think it starts off with like calculated lies. He's he's trying to be like, yeah, I've got all this material stuff. Yeah, I I, I called this guy a racial slur. He he did he didn't even do anything about it. He was too scared of me. Yeah, I I, I can now bench press 340 pounds at the gym. Uh, it, it, I mean, it it starts off very calculated and it's very intentionally on Ellis's part. It very intentionally becomes more rambling and more insane as it goes on. Okay. So so I'm trying. I'm, I'm still trying to work with you, right? Because because I, I want to make sure that I'm understanding your your points and fleshing them out uh, to best my understanding. Okay. So 
going going by that route then, all right, so here it is. I'm trying to impress you. And first I start off with, like, this is all the stuff that I have and what I do, you know, aren't you impressed? And you're like, no. And it's like, oh, well, you know, then I, uh, I've i also killed some people, right? And I did it like this, and I did it like that, and I did it with a wiffle ball bat, right? <laughs> aren't you impressed? And you're like, no. Um, well, not that, but, you know, I killed people and I told other people about it, right? And then I did I kill it, but I did this and did that. Aren't you impressed? And it's like, no. It's, at some point, you would think that they would then stop be like, I, like, nothing I say is impressive to them. And then you might just like, just walk away. You don't even have to back down or, or, or retract anything. Just be like, you know, well, you know, you know, well, whatever then, you know, like you're not worth my time and then walk away. So, but it keeps ramping up. He keeps saying more and more stuff. And like, and I did this and then I did this. But I guess at some point then you're not really trying to impress them anymore, right? You're just you hit the point of just talking to hear yourself talk. I don't know. I don't know how many people addicted to lying you've dealt with, but I've had a couple of folks like this in my life. I try not to like <laughs> to let those kind of people in my life or stay. Well, they're they're currently not in my life, but I mean, there's there's times when it's unavoidable, and so I mean, I can say over the course of several months, I've I've had to deal with this kind of thing, and I, I had somebody like this, not not to this extent, not to the extent of like, oh, I've killed people. But I've dealt with people who, like, their their story has to be the most impressive one in the room. Okay, yeah. Their story has to has to be above and beyond. They, and so, it's like, he, he could never just know a short girl. Oh, no, she had to be, oh, she had to be the tiniest midget, two, like, two foot seven. I don't even know how she was alive. He never just knew a tall guy. Oh, no, this guy was a giant. He was, like, seven foot five. He, 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 everything he had, every every story that he told was some grand adventure of, oh yeah, no, I not only did I carry this couch down the stairs, I almost freaking died. Right. I almost freaking died, but then I then I wound up giving this guy like a hundred dollar bill because I just happened to find it in the couch, and it's it's that kind of thing. It's you get people who are addicted. To telling the most impressive story that they possibly can. And then you mix it in with somebody who's clearly mentally ill, like Patrick, and suddenly it's it's that it's that situation, it's that guy, that that crackhead outside of the seven eleven who's standing there staring at you and like, Oh yeah, man, I I got a lot of money. I got a lot of money, I bang a lot of women, a lot of fine bitches. I, I, yeah, not not only that, but I'm a dangerous guy. You ask anybody around here, I'm a dangerous guy. I kill people. I kill people. I eat cats. And that's that's what it feels more like to me. And we uh, I we can talk about the that that whole issue with the cop and the detective because that's that that's really the basis of a lot of my theory. Okay. But I'm, I'm just going to pull here from one of the last chapters. This is page 395 in my edition. No, this is the last chapter. Just to show how his narrative falls apart here as he goes. Okay. Um, I'm having sort of a hard time paying attention because my automated teller has started speaking to me, sometimes actually leaving weird messages on the screen in green lettering, like cause a terrible scene at Southby's or kill the president or feed me a stray cat. And I was freaked out by the park bench that followed me for six blocks last Monday evening, and it too spoke to me. Okay. So, yeah. Like, clearly, he's an unreliable narrator. See, I don't see... I don't take him as being an unreliable narrator. I think that his world is falling apart because he doesn't have a connection to it. Like, you, you want somebody... You want... In this world, you have to have a tether. You have to have something that, that, that holds you, that binds you... To the world, and in, in when you don't have that, then you know, then you start to you start to drift off. And he's tried so much to find that and have that, and he and he can't. It doesn't it doesn't exist for him. It's not there at all. And because like uh, so um so uh, picture this and then, again picture this. Here it is. You work for um for some some firm some some investment firm. And there's a bunch of people there that are just like you, and they're all making the same amount of money that you do, right? They're about the same age as you are, the same kind of education, and and there's nothing that you have 
that they can't have and vice versa. But you're in this level here where you're making a really good, you're making really good money and not really doing anything, like doing anything major for it. And, and, but you're in this band where like kind of everyone around you does that. The only people that you can really talk to or, or relate to or even like, you know, like really impress are people just like you, but it's that yuppie culture. Like I came out of college and I got a job immediately making this kind of money. Right. So I have, so none of this matters to me. Like I don't have, I don't have any kind of sense of, of it value. Like you and I, like we were talking about earlier, like I, I make money, I earn stuff, but I understand like the, the, the value of a dollar because I had to work for it. Mm -hmm. When you come out of like, you know, out of college and you immediately get picked up by one of these firms and you start making money that, you know, that your parents didn't even make. And it's just coming to you like that. And you really, what are you doing as an investment banker or, or merchant acquisition? What are you doing? People are coming to you and you're just putting it together. You know, you're, you're, or you're calling somebody and saying, Hey, I got a hot stock here, right? Right. What, what have you done to determine whether that stock is hot? Mm-hmm. How much, how much research have you done to the company and the president? Blah, 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 blah. None. People are calling you. You're, you're schmoozing them, making connections so that next time they want to dump some money or buy us or sell something, right? They come to you. And it doesn't even matter if they lose a bunch of money because they have so much money to spend. Cause and part of it is it's the eighties. It was, this was just happening and it was only for a, a small group of people that had the money to do this. And so everyone around you, they're making tons of money too. And it doesn't mean anything to them. So they're making it, they're spending it. And, and I, and like the, the, I meet some chick. I think she's kind of cute. She's, or she's hot or whatever. And we're getting it on and all that kind of stuff. But do I know her? No, I don't, I don't know. The only thing I know about her is, is my attraction to her. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like the guys around me that, uh, the, that are my coworkers and everything. Do I know them? No, I don't know them either. Cause we haven't taken the time to know them because I don't really care to know them because right. I'm too busy living this life of excess as like everything I've ever wanted. Like I'm getting like the even if like I've got this great apartment that I can immediately pay for and buy. I didn't have to work for anything like my parents did. I didn't have to save up money to get like some, some small house that I'm like paying off the rest of my life that I'm still not happy with. Like I'm getting everything I want without really having to try for it. So nothing has any meaning to me. Everywhere around me is the same way. So I don't, I'm not invested in anything around me. It all comes too easy. And so because of that, you have no tether to anybody because there's no one you can actually share anything with. So when you go home at night and you don't have anybody to talk to, when you buy these albums and everything, you're like, I really like this CD, not just because it's the most popular one out there, right? But because I really like the words in it and it speaks to me. And maybe you've tried talking to people around you, right? And they're not paying attention to you. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. CD. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Right? And you say, did you hear what I said? Uh, yeah. 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 Like, look, I got to go. You know what I mean? And you quickly realize that there's no one you can actually have any kind of heartfelt conversation with. Even if you've got like a girl that you're seeing or whatever, you would not have any real conversations with her because she doesn't want to hear about your, and people like that never want to hear about your problems. They never want to hear about the things that bother you, the things that you struggle with, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's real. And I don't want to deal with the real. That's your shit. I don't want to hear about that. So the only person you have is just yourself. So then maybe you start talking to yourself because there's no one else you can share these things with. And the, and the more that you don't have anyone real that you're just talking to yourself because you're not getting anything back. As I'm talking to you about these things, like if say, I'm having a conversation about something about like, oh man, like, the, the, like this run on, uh, on this story or whatever was incredibly cool. And I'm telling this something, but I'm not getting anything back. I'm not getting a response back. It's just me telling you all this stuff mm-hmm. but there's no back and forth we're not having a conversation there's no dialogue there so i'm still slowly spinning out into the ether and i don't realize it and i'm becoming more and more detached and no one really understands even if i tell people something like like yeah so uh so the other day i was like uh you know my atm has been saying strange things to me oh yeah atm yeah yeah uh-huh yeah 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 do i say strange things but it tell you that you had too much money <laughs> 
They're like, yeah, the park bench. They're like, oh, yeah, park bench. Even if you say like some weird shit and they hear you, right? They're not going to acknowledge that. I don't want to acknowledge that. So, like, like, uh, like he kills the woman in the, in the hotel, right? And they cover it up. They don't say anything because I don't want to draw that kind of attention to my hotel. That gives it a bad name, bad reputation. Nobody wants to stay there after that. I and mean, it that's, never goes away. That's certainly a possible explanation to it. <laughs> and me running through the thing, running through like the store, screaming and blah, 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 right? Even if someone did stop me and be like, what are you doing, right? My, my, my company is going to cover it up. Even if they fire me, they're still going to cover it up because no one wants that newspaper article to come out to say an employee of Pearson Pierce did this. Yeah, I mean, I, again, you know, hey, that's that's certainly a possibility. It's, I, I, it's also a possibility that in his head, yeah, I, I killed my friend. I took over his apartment. I've been storing dead bodies there. And now I come back one day and suddenly they're all gone. I mean, like, it, it is it is just as possible that there were never any bodies to begin with. It is. Imagine, though, um, like like we were talking about the, like the specter earlier. It was like... <laughs> So, uh, tell me about this body you found that was all chopped up by money. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, um, there was a, uh, there were these bodies that were <clears throat> found in this, in this, this house, you know, or this, you know, whatever it is. And then we want you to investigate, see if you can find out, um, like who it belonged to or like who killed these people or anything like that, right? But don't dig too deep because we don't want a big story out of this. That's one. And two, you know, depending on who you find out was responsible, right? We may not want to talk about it. So if, if you do, if you do find out like one, the, the, the apartment building or whatever isn't going to want too much made out of it because you want to keep it, you want to keep it out of the press. And then if you find out the person responsible was someone of this caliber that works for this place, well, we definitely don't want that getting out. So I want you to find out, but don't try too hard. Uh, see, I, I, I can see, I can see an, an investigator getting instructions like that until you start to get into the fact that it's thirty or forty more murders, and then someone says, "Oh, that guy, he's not really dead. I saw him over here." Okay, and there we go. Yeah, we can we can touch on that. And then you're like, "Well, his body is in the morgue, but this guy says he's not really dead, and he and he had lunch with him overseas." Okay, then. Yep. So, guy's body is never found. Patrick disposes of it. Okay. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Willem Dafoe shows up, <laughs> says, I'm a detective. I'm looking well, no, for no, this no. guy. No, no, no. Willem DeFriend shows up, right? Because <laughs> he, he was smiling an awful right. lot. And then later um, on, he shows, he's like, Willem Dafoe. And I'm like, I think you're lying to me. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so now Willem so Dafoe. Now he, he questions him. Patrick gives him kind of the runaround. He's evasive. But then he shows up a little bit later mm -hmm. and he says, actually, there have been reports that he's been seen in England. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, I've talked to several people who've gone to see him in England. I'm going to go over there and check myself, at which point he drops out of the story. He doesn't come back. Okay. So even Patrick says, like, hey, that detective hasn't come around anymore. That's oh, so you, pretty. That's pretty wacky. So you believe the detective doesn't exist at all? No, I think the detective went to England where this guy was vacationing and was like, "Oh, hey, here he is. He's fine. I guess I'm done. My my job is complete. If you don't see me anymore, I'm dead." <laughs> but hold then on. we get to Patrick's lawyer. Oh, hold on. Before you get there, so this guy's missing. Yep. And presumed dead. Mm -hmm. No bodies found. Some people say, oh, yeah, I talked to him over here in this place. And he's like, we got multiple people that said they talked to him. And they hung out with him and stuff. And they had dinner with him. Um, and I'm going to go over there myself and check it out. First off, there's no way that the police department is paying for him to go to England to see if this one guy is alive. When you've got people that have said that they've talked to him. And there's no real, like, uh, suspicion of foul play. He's just gone missing. 
We didn't find blood or something like that splatter somewhere to make you think he's dead. He's just gone missing. A rich guy's gone missing. If if anything, probably embezzlement. But the company's not screaming anything about it. So only thing we know is that he's gone missing. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out what, where the missing guy went to. These people say, oh, well, we saw him over here, right? So I know he's not dead. What, did he commit a crime? Did he steal something? Well, his company's not saying that he did. So do I really have a, cl- a case here? Do I really need to go over there at all to do that? I mean, no. E- either way, I mean, yeah, may- maybe that's it. Maybe the detective did, did just close the case. Yeah. Either way, like, there's there's not enough to go off of here. Although, according to Bateman's narrative, he just stuffed the body in a hefty bag and dragged it down his hallway <laughs> with people looking at him. He, he said that he had a conversation with people as he was about to throw the body in the trunk of a cab or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then the issue with it and where it completely falls apart is he's talking to his lawyer after he's made this big confession of, of 20 to 40 murders. And his lawyer says, what she's told me isn't possible. Stop telling me that it is. Leave me alone. And he says, why isn't it possible? And the lawyer says, because I had dinner with Paul Owens twice in London last week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who's who's the unreliable narrator here? It it could certainly be the lawyer, but we've already seen that Patrick has a history of of fucking up names, fucking up locations, all that stuff. So I'm your lawyer, right? And you tell me about somebody that you killed. As a lawyer, I have to do something about that. Stop telling me about this shit. Because as a lawyer, and I work with a with a particular like level of, of clientele, right? I don't want to be the lawyer that's that has a client a, a client who did all this stuff that I either have to defend or I've got to testify against because then my other people who were doing all kinds of like bad shit they need to be able to trust that I won't say anything so I'm like stop telling me this stuff because as your lawyer I have to do something about it legally if it comes up stop telling me this stuff and you know what and I'm gonna call bullshit on you because I had dinner with this guy whether I did or not. I'm going to call bullshit and say, stop telling me, and I'm going to refute what you said, right? So by it's saying, more plausible that this guy is a liar than it is the guy whose ATM is asking him to feed it a cat. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I think, I think he's, he may, he, he's, he's going crazy. What I'm saying is that I need to cover myself. So I'm going to say, stop telling me, especially, let's just say, for example, as a lawyer, right? Maybe, maybe because I deal with a lot of different people that are doing, that are uh, doing some, some illegal shit, right? Maybe my maybe my phones might be tapped. Maybe they might not be. Who knows? But or maybe somebody could be listening. Maybe you can have somebody on the other end listening. And I'm gonna say, you know what? And I just said, not just don't tell me. But I'm also gonna be like, I didn't just say don't tell me because I didn't want to hear it. But I'm gonna say it's not possible because I had lunch with this guy, right? So now I'm also countering what you said to make it seem like you're a liar. It's bullshit. Don't talk to me anymore. Don't tell me this stuff. I don't want to hear it because if I hear it, I gotta do something about it. Stop, and I'm going to counter by saying, nope, it's not possible. I had lunch with this guy last week. Ha, 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 you're a liar. Shut up. It's just like, you know, like, uh, are you talking to me about drug shit on the telephone? It's like, I don't know. You don't come here. Prank caller, prank caller, right? Like, that I'm covering my ass because I had everything invested. Okay, so, and case in point, right? Except he left a voicemail. And then the guy's like, oh, yeah, the, the, the voicemail. It's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, you couldn't have been talking about this guy, right? Ha, 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 ha. You weren't talking about him, you know? <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. And I'm not going to get into like his, his murder or his suicide or whatever it is. This guy is convicted of, uh, with, uh, they're questioned about him doing all kinds of stuff and young girls and this and that. Did you, do you know him? No, I never, I don't know him. You never flew on his plane? No, I never flew on his plane. You ever went to an island? No, shit, I don't know anything about it. I barely even knew the guy. Who? Jeffrey Epstein? Is he the guy that ran Disney? No, 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 that's, that's a different guy. No, no, I don't, I don't know him. We got pictures of you with him. And it's like, <laughs> That, no, that's not, those aren't pictures yeah, of me. I mean, that's yeah. not me. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people look like that. Except <laughs> the issue with that is Bateman doesn't. Bateman and his lawyer don't know each other that well because the lawyer doesn't recognize him at first. Because before he knows that it's Bateman, he says, "Oh yeah, I mean, like they, they, that, that voicemail was funny. It was a good joke." Except that Bateman's Bateman's a little pussy. He's an ass kisser. He's a brown noser. He's he's he's, he's a goody goody. What I'm saying is like. Rich people or people that um, have a have a lot to lose 
will deny and say, even if they know it's true, I will deny because I need to keep myself clear of all of this stuff to maintain like this aspect. Because one thing that I've, that I've seen it not not on that high level and everything, but one thing I've seen several times is that when people like that get caught, right? Let's let's say that that we were all doing the same thing, like we were all hanging out, like you know, like snorting coke, like just shooting like the the hotel room up with guns, and we were all doing it together. And then the police bust you one day with a with a bunch of coke, and I'm like, shit, I know he did coke. I didn't do coke, man. That guy's crazy. I heard some bad things about. Him. Weren't you friends with? No, I wasn't friends with him. Like I had no idea he did that kind of stuff. I have seen that kind of shit that my old job, people that were like. These people like went back long ways doing illegal shit. One of them gets caught, and everybody else is like, man, I had no idea he was like that. Oh yeah, what the people, fuck you didn't. Yeah, people roll over on each other all the time. I, I'll I'll give you that. And that's the thing, like with that, it's like they pretend like they don't know anything about it because they want to they want to maintain that like if I have anything to do with it, I lose everything around me so i'm gonna pretend like i had no idea what was going on so i'm gonna lie and i'm gonna be like oh yeah like no i had lunch with this guy because i don't want to be involved right i don't want and i don't want you to cursorily get me involved oh yeah that guy that patrick guy oh yeah he's he lets this crazy answer machine message like why would you even know about that right but i'm gonna sit to be like oh he left this crazy answer machine that guy's a pussy he would never do anything like that right like yeah but multiple people say that about patrick throughout the book well, because again, he's trying to he's trying to get to that level where they are, and there's nothing worse than someone that's so desperate to try to get to where you are mm-hmm. that they come across as being an ass kisser, a brown noser, right? And and they they try so hard, and, and of course, and you can treat them like shit, and they're never going to fire back because then you'll cut them you'll cut them loose from your circle. Like right now, they're trying to get into the inner circle. They're just kind of tagging. They're just kind of hanging on the fringes. But if you ever do anything that pisses me off, I'll cut you loose. And you'll never get to the inner circle, which you're never going to get to anyway. Mm-hmm. So you'll kowtow and you'll bow and you'll scrape and everything. And you'll do any of this stuff. And then we'll make fun of you. And sometimes we'll even do it to your face. Because we know you won't do shit about it. Yeah. And that's him. And they're like, oh, that guy's a little pussy. You're a little pussy, aren't you, Patrick? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a little pussy and everything. Oh, yeah, you are. You know you're a little pussy. You've, you've... Yeah, you've got me. Maybe, maybe on occasionally I've been a pussy, but I mean, like overall, I'm not. You know, they they'll do that kind of shit. They'll they'll debase themselves. You know, just because. And I'm not refuting it's... anything that you're saying, but I'm saying that that the people act like that, unfortunately. Yeah, and again, I I mean, Ellis has made it abundantly clear that that is the point of the book. I'm just saying, with my theory, I don't think that his points fall apart at all. I think you can still make that commentary on yuppie culture. It's like yeah, they they do like yeah, they do roll over on each other and all that. I'm just saying it from the perspective of the man who says he's wearing a necklace of vertebrae while jerking off in his apartment is probably not the most reliable narrator. Probably not. So I mean, that's that's my whole contention is if you know it, when when you're contradicting yourself when your story doesn't hold up under scrutiny, then that's where it falls apart. In one chapter, he's like, "Oh, hey guys, let's not be racist. Let's let let's cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks." And then in the next chapter, he steps outside and trips over a, a homeless dude and calls him the N-word. And there, there, he's he's not a consistent narrator at now, all. That that part though is where it's like, "Hey guys, let's not do that." And they're like, "Dude, really?" And then that's when he changes. Like, "Well, no, okay. Well, if you guys think it's cool, and I want to be cool like you guys, you know." Yeah, you know, like like before, I'm like, hey, let's not do that. That's not really cool. That's not how we want to be. And it's like, well, then you're not one of us. And it's like, oh, then, then the next chapter is like, oh, get away from me, you ninja. You know, like <laughs> I mean, it's because because now I'm I'm trying to be like you. I'm trying I'm trying to imitate you. Um, and and I I, I think it, I think it's, it's people that they don't have anything and they're soulless. And I think what makes it worse for him is. And it could be he's doing all that stuff, right? He's doing all of that because in some ways he wants to be noticed and he wants to be caught. Because being caught will make him famous. It'll finally get people to remember him. 
He, he, I can tell you all the stuff. The thing is, when I tell you the stuff and you don't believe me, and it's like, and it, it hurts. I got to step it up. And I, cause nothing I do impresses you or makes you think of me as any kind of a threat, whether it's a financial threat or it's a physical threat. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and if you are even listening to me, you just, you just dismiss me and I'm never a threat to you. And then when the police come around, I'm like, okay, here's a chance where I might, you know, someone might take me seriously. Even, even if I, I lie my way out of it. Right. And then they're like, well, we thought you might have been the guy, but now we weren't that I'm never really even considered as a possibility. And it's like, it was my one chance to finally get that attention and make people see or think that I was capable of being a threat. Mm-hmm. And even that's taken away from me. So I step it up and I step it up and I step it up. But then, of course, he starts to lose his grip, his grip on, on his sanity, which also goes to like, why would I be wearing a vertebrae around my neck and jerking off? Because obviously I'm clearly insane. Yep. Doesn't mean I didn't do it. You know, I mean, it does. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't didn't do it. And all I want is for someone to notice me, and and it's not happening. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, you know. Again, I'm not saying that it's impossible that it's happening. I'm just saying he he's not a reliable narrator. But like, yeah, I, I agree. All all he wants is validation. He wants to be noticed. He wants to be perceived as a threat. But that can just as easily happen if he's some little incel weenie who's never gotten into a fist fight in his life. I also think I I think that he lacks imagination. Okay, interesting. So okay, so he gets impressed by the business card, right? Mm-hmm. And because that's a status symbol, like that right there, even though. It's just a business card, and it's like, oh, and it's got this kind of thing, and it's raised, and it feels like this. Like, that's impressive to him. My God, it even has a watermark. Like, that's impressive to him. But the thing is, he that guy didn't create that. He didn't sit at home and design that. He paid somebody, and they made it They made it for him. Mm-hmm. But when he had his business cards made, he didn't think anything about that. He lacks creativity. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something else that makes him, like, that... Uh, that makes him an outsider amongst everybody else is that he, he's too busy trying to be like them that he's not being himself. And the only thing people see is someone trying to be like me. Like, where's the real you at? And he, there is no real him because he doesn't know who the real him is. Cause I mean, he came out of, you know, college or whatever, straight into this job and he doesn't have a real him. Maybe he's a guy that worked, you know, to get to where he is. Now everything's coming easily to them. He's around a bunch of people that never worked and everything's come easily to them, right? So now he's pretending that everything's ever came, that everything's come easy to him. So he can't even reveal the true self. He's suppressing the real person that he is to try to be more like them. And in that, in that sense there, he's, he's losing it all because who he is, he's putting behind him and who he wants to be, he's not getting anywhere. And again, like he's just floating away, mm-hmm. and he just starts to, like I said, lose that, lose his grip on sanity. And then when it's, it's like, um, it's like when someone like cheats at something, so, um, and so let, let, let's say, let's say it's a, um, a, uh, a guy's cheating on his wife, right? Mm-hmm. And the first time he does it, he, he, uh, he tries to be real sneaky about it. And he is, and he gets away with it. And he does it a couple more times. He's still being sneaky about it, and he's getting away with it. Well, then he starts being less sneaky. And he's getting away with it. Then when he gets caught, or there was a suspicion, he gets away with it. Not because they believe him, but just because they refuse to actually confront. So they continue to do it, and then they become less and less cautious about it. Because nobody cares. And no one's going to do anything about it. I and think where that falls apart is when you get to the the police chase. That mm-hmm. whole confrontation. Okay. Which, uh, in the book, that happens because he kills a street performer and there happens to be a cop on the corner. In the film, it happens because he is trying to feed the ATM the cat. 
and a woman sees him do it and he kills her. But what you see there is a massive chase goes across multiple city blocks. He kills at least four cops, if I'm remembering right. Blows up a cop car. To the extent that they have a SWAT team and a helicopter looking for him while he hides in his office. And then it's never looked at again. They don't have a manhunt, even though they have eyewitnesses who can place him and describe him. No mention of it. There's no no talk around the office or anything. No, no discussion of, hey, that's crazy. There was a mass shooting here outside of our office building. Never comes up. So, I will say this. The place where he works, that would not be of interest to any of them. That's that's beneath them. I mean, talk talking about crime where 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 police get killed. They're police; they get killed all the time. That's their jobs to get killed. That that's that's the level these people are like. Not that cops are there to protect me. If I need a cop, right, I expect you to be there to protect me. But a police officer got shot and killed or whatever. No, they're police. That's what happens. You know, they're paid. They're paid to get shot and killed. You know, and oh, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think it's from the perspective of them like feeling bad about the police. What I'm saying is that they that they wouldn't have conversations about that. It wouldn't be like, oh, they, you know, the SWAT. Have you heard anything more about that? No, I don't give a shit about that. Is that that's not making me any money? Those are people that I don't care about them. You I, know, I think the issue there is that if this is if if it's actually at Wall Street where this is taking place, these are people who are accustomed to a certain lifestyle. They're going to want to feel secure. Not feel at risk. But the chase led there, right? It didn't start there. It didn't start outside of their building, but I mean, there there was a murder in the lobby at that building. <laughs> he killed the killed the night watchman, or he killed the night watchman of the, of the building right next door. And those are ugly. Yeah, that's pretty unfortunate. Um, so, um, but who, but again, they're going to cover that up, right? Murder at Wall Street? No one wants to hear about that. I don't. I don't know if you can. I mean, it, it's a crime scene. You 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 can't have people coming into work that day. Sure, I, at Wall Street, I can. It doesn't. Oh. Hey, the, Wall Street doesn't stop, dude. It doesn't stop. You're gonna. I mean, think think about think of all the times you've said things like, "Hey, we've got to get this thing. Cl- we've got to get this thing cleaned up as quickly as possible." Because people are going to be coming here at like 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning. And you have to have all this stuff done and cleaned up by 5 o'clock. I'm not saying the case got to be wrapped up. But all this stuff right here needs to be cleaned up and done by this time. Because you can't get in the way of that. When the stock market opens, right? It opens regardless of whether anybody's in the building or not. Uh, September 11th. The next day. It's moving, man. You gotta be working. There's that, but I mean, like, <laughs> there was there was still like caution tape, and and people knew what was going on. I just, I, I, I think it kills the reliability of his narrative. For it to just to be like, oh yeah, no, the, there wasn't even a police line. Do not cross. I, I, I think, I think that becomes way too, way too problematic when nobody's like, oh wait a minute. No, nobody in that building cares that 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 Jeff is dead. I mean that that gets that gets weird. I mean, like none maybe, of those people do. Not, maybe not of Patrick's alleged peers, but I mean the, well, so the fact that it's not even a blip, like it, it's completely non-existence. Well, I mean, but I mean, so the only people that he really talks to are those people, right? I'm surprised if they would even know his name, or that that there was more than one that there was only one night guard or watchman or whatever. I mean, you think that they're like they like they see the police line do not cross? That doesn't pertain to me. Uh, I mean, the these are people who do not like to feel at risk. They they do not like to feel like their bubble is threatened. Right, but the thing is, they don't because they have so much money. Like I'm not like everybody else. My money insulates me. It's like because I have money, it's like I have a bulletproof vest on. I don't have to ask for it. It's just it's automatic. I've gotten money, so I'm automatically protected. Here we go. Okay. It starts in Tribeca. Okay. On the corner of Dwayne Street. That is where he kills the guy. 
So he's... I don't really know the layout of New York, but I don't think he's that far away. It's a foot chase. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. He kills the guy. The cops start pursuing. Uh, he's running full-fledged. He makes a left on Broadway, heads down towards City Hall Park, ducks into an alleyway. Uh, runs out of the end of the alley onto Church Street, flags down a cab. Also, it actually does... St- no, it does not, because he points the gun at the cabbie, the cabbie panics, cries out in mangled English, please don't kill me. Uh, then finally, he impatiently mutters, fuck yourself, raises the gun to his face and pulls the trigger. Uh, oh, he does start driving, drives a few blocks before he realizes he can't see because of the brains on the windshield and has a collision on Franklin, uh, or at the corner of Franklin and Greenwich. Uh, wrecks entirely on Greenwich. So, I mean, like, what? I mean, it, it I mean, that... That also, I mean, that that means it's not localized to Wall Street, but that also means this hasn't even made the papers, and this pursuit has gone on over, what, seven, eight city blocks? <laughs> With mul- multiple now, because you've got dead cops, you've got at least two cities that he's killed, maybe three. You've got the Night Watchmen, this, I mean, we're talking a multi-block chase. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's never brought up. Well, it's never brought up where he lives. I mean, where, where, in his circle. It's never brought up in his circle. Even though the chase led to his circle. Right, because they're not going to talk about this beneath them. Uh, they're, they're not going to be like, like, dude, you, the cops were all down there. It was like, yeah, hey, yeah, whatever. Whatever that shit is. I heard somebody, people get killed all the time. It's the Big Apple guy. Yeah, but we're looking at it, mass murder here. Any, wait, like, but any, anybody, Anybody that they know, anybody that's on their level, oh, security guy got killed. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that happens, man. If you had gone to college, you wouldn't have been a security guard, you wouldn't have to worry about getting killed, huh? I mean, like, that's the thing that these guys wouldn't talk about that kind of stuff. Because that's, like, I, I hate to keep saying this beneath them, it's like, that's not, that's not the kind of stuff that would, that would be worth mentioning to them. It's like, that's, Again, that's real life stuff, and that's not that's and, not anything I give a shit about. And again, you know, if it were just the Night Watchman, that'd be fine. But when you're talking across eight city blocks with multiple multiple people, that that, that is mass murder. That's yeah, the le- that's the legal definition of mass murder. I can't imagine that they would consider that beneath them because that impacts them. How's that? It doesn't impact those the guys that and that he works with. It impacts their potential safety, and by extension. It can impact their income. Okay, so not for what they do because none of those people that got killed actually trade or do. The people that I'm trading with, I'm not, they're not actually coming to me physically. I'm talking to them on the phone, right? And the people that got killed, they weren't people like me because people like me, we make too much money to get killed. I'm not a security guard. I'm not a police officer. I'm not a cab driver, right? Unless something like that happens to me, or, or someone in my in my wealth group, right? And even then, it's like, oh well, you know what? He took a lot of chances. Yeah. You know? So I want to show you something here, right? This is um, this is um, Forty Second Street, nineteen eighty-five. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The Times Square and Broadway that you know of now didn't look like that in the 80s. Uh, yeah. So for him to go through all that and get away, yeah. Dude, when I was, uh, when I went in the 80s, I took a field trip to New York. <laughs> and remember I told you that, uh, my friend took, we took, we got our picture taken out in front of a porno theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we went, you know, like, and that's what it looked like, man. It didn't look like it does now. Yeah. So I'm saying for him in the 80s to like have a car chase or went through that, that's what, that's what New York looked like back then. Oh, it I'm not, like I'm sh- not saying that it's not possible. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's 
not likely because he's not a reliable narrator. What I'm saying is, all that happened and then it's just completely forgotten. There's no cops asking around the building where Night Watchman was shot. Night Watchman. Why would I know anything about that? I don't work nights. Not not a copper detective there to look at security cam footage, nothing. They just decide, oh well, he got away. He killed eight of our own, but hey, you know, we'll we'll just wrap it up here. Well, so here's the other thing about that security cam footage. Back then, the most security cameras uh, took a picture like every eight seconds. Mm-hmm. You be they they could have looked at it and not gotten anything. I mean, may, maybe so, but there's no mention of that. Well, I mean, Patrick would know that. He would know the police did that. If he's a narrator, he's only going to be able to tell you what he knows. Yeah. But he also was to the point where he was calling his lawyer, confessing everything, crying his eyes out. Because... He thought it was all done, so he's going to wake up the next morning and just be like, okay, well... <laughs> Nobody came knocking not, on his door. I'm not going to look into it. Nobody came knocking on his door, and his lawyer was like, holy fuck, if this guy really is involved, I don't want no part of that, I'm the only person he's told, guess what, I'm not telling anybody. Because <laughs> the thing is, that brings bad attention, that brings the wrong kind of attention to me, and I lose clients because of it, because they don't want to be associated with it. Isn't that your lawyer? Not anymore, he's not. I don't want my lawyer being the guy who's defending or has to, to um, testify against someone else in this police murder thing. Nope. And no one knows. Thing is, no one knows that you confessed to me except for you and I. Mm-hmm. I delete the, the message, pretend like I never heard it. If you get caught, right? Well, they caught you without me. And if he says, well, I told my lawyer, but like, I have no record of anything. The guy's clearly crazy because he shot a bunch of people and then ran away from the cops. And then he's going to call me out of the blue and be like, this is what I did. He's going to tell his lawyer. If I, if he told me, I'd immediately come to you guys and say, hey, look, this guy did it. He just confessed. Case closed, right? Why would he do that? Why would a man of, of seemingly, you know, above average intelligence for the kind of work that he does, right? Call immediately, confess to me about what he did. I can't protect him. Because if I know for a fact he committed a crime, I certainly can't defend him. So, I i mean, the guy is clearly crazy. And I've distanced myself from it. I don't have to do anything. Because the only people that know about it are you and I. And now it's just you because I'm going to pretend like it never happened. Because I've yeah. got to protect my livelihood. And in the 80s, when I'm making all kinds of fucking money. <laughs> yeah, I, I still think it's easier to say that Patrick lies rather than literally every other character in the story lies. From the guy who watches Better Call Saul and he's like, yeah, he lies about everything. That's how he makes his money. And everybody oh, no, around him I mean, lies too. Yeah, no, lawyers are notorious liars. I'm fine with that. That's that's part of the joke of Better Call Saul. But 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 yeah, I mean to to look at everything Patrick tells us about himself versus everything else with every other character and then saying, well, yeah, I don't know, that guy that guy would lie, but not, not my boy Patrick, I mean, come on. No, I mean, I, I think that everybody lies in that level to maintain what they have. Because the thing is, you know that you know that you, that none of these people here are going to stand up for you. None of them are going to defend you. And they're, gonna, they're not going to, they're not going to, you know, like, like stand beside you. They're all gonna if like if anything brings the wrong kind of attention to them, they're gonna cut you loose. So yeah, I'm gonna lie and I'm gonna to protect myself because I know that I don't want to get wrapped up in this and and since everyone's gonna just cut me is gonna cut me loose, right? Then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one that's gonna be there but like, oh yeah, Patrick, like nope, not don't know anything. Don't know anything. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Because I don't want to get caught up in all that. I mean, yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's just liar. <laughs> he could be. <laughs> I, I think, I think. Okay. It's, let me ask you this. Talk about you. Do you think, do you think it's possible that 
some of what he's saying is real, and some of it is, is are lies. I I think that some of the earlier stuff is possible, but I think it's from the filter of exaggeration. I think that he got together with his girlfriend and some friends from work, the shoe store, and I think they had dinner and went dancing somewhere. I don't think it was the club that he said it was. I don't think that they had the dinner that he said they did. Okay. And I don't think that they had the drinks that they said they did. I don't think that he actually did coke that night. I think that he said all that because that's what the rich people on Wall Street do. So it's real easy for him and some friends to to go grab a bite of dinner, grab a couple drinks, and go dancing somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then his response to that is go, oh yeah, you know, me me and my business associates, we we decided to have some nice champagne and caviar, and then I I had a J and B on the rocks. So so if if you're saying like n- none of that really happened the way he says it is, and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and when he tells people like, oh, who do you like, who do you work for? I work for Pearson Pierce. Like, was that a shoe uh, like a shoe store? Like. I'm just trying to think, like, if he if he really does just work at a shoe store, right, or just works at some some little know nothing like place, like where where's he getting the money to spend? Because I'm assuming he's not making really any kind of money at all. So something to do or say or be where these people like he he's spending more money in like an evening than he has to spend. I think most of. Uh yeah, I think most of where his money goes would just be the going around clubbing and, and buying drinks. Uh, I mean, like, he's prob- he probably owns a nice suit, but he's going to be so obsessed about it that he's going to go off and be like, oh no, you know, th- this one, this is my, this is my Armani, but you know, I've, I've got, I've got all these other ones from these other designers, you know, back at home. I just mm-hmm. decided to wear this one today. But it's it's a bunch of self-soothing nonsense just to make him feel better. So so he does this like not all the time, but every once in a while because he can't have the money to do it all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I think I think it's like a weekend thing. But he's going to tell you. I don't even think I don't think he has money to do it even on the weekend. Though. Oh, I mean, it, it may only be once a month. I mean, it's it's probably whenever his friends actually do it because there will be stretches of time where he doesn't communicate with his friends. They say, oh, I haven't, you know, I haven't hung out with these guys in months. So, you know, I mean, that's that's very possible. But, uh, I mean, he's he's probably not just a shoe salesman. He's probably, like, a manager there or something. He's got to have enough to afford a place of his own, but it's not where he says it is. He's probably living in some shitty studio apartment within his means, but then he tells people, oh, yeah, you know, I, I live in the same building as Tom Cruise. So, um... All right, so... He's telling these people that, and he does this, and he does that, and um, and then but then his friends he's always also telling people that his his friends aren't his friends. I mean I think because there's no there's nothing concrete to be able to say that anything he says uh, is true because there's no evidence. He's, he's either because people are covering it up or because he's covering it really well or because it's not happening. Um, and, and I'll say, uh, I think Reddy Sinellis intentionally left it vague like that. I think he intentionally put in contradictions. And, and that's 100% serious. <laughs> like, that, that, that's without me, like, like bullshitting and trolling, as, a, as I do. Like, I, I do believe he intentionally left some parts vague and questionable. I, don't, I mean, and that could be. I think about... Uh, I think about uh, Less Than Zero. And, you know, and what that movie's about. You know, which is, again, you know, partying and drugs and stuff. And how, like, here's the, the, the one guy leaves and comes back to find that, you know, he comes back home from college to find that his friends are not actually matured. 
like he has. They haven't done anything really with their lives. They're still just living off of their parents' money and they're just, they're wasted. The one friend, even though his parents are rich, he's like so strung out on coke that, you know, that he's been prostituting himself out to the other guy who was not rich at all, but he's now like the, 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 he's the, the, the powerful guy because he's the one that has the coke. Mm-hmm. The girlfriend, who used to be his girlfriend, who's now his, his friend's girlfriend, is ignoring it all, right? Even though she knows exactly what's going on. She knows that he owes a ton of money. She knows he's been prostituting himself because that's what the guy's making him do because he's on a big power trip. Like, remember you guys used to talk down to me because I didn't have shit? Well, now I have everything, so now I'm going to make you pay. Um, And if she's, like, pretending that, you know, that it's not, oh, that she's just ignoring it all and she's just denying that that this is even happening while she's still dealing with her own like drug addiction that she's also denying mm-hmm. and then when he comes back and he's like you guys are all fucked up <laughs> like what the hell's going on here and they're like and then the camera's like like what, what are you talking about you've changed dude like like this is this is this is how we live man this is mm-hmm. the shit man like you're the one that's out of touch but like no you're sucking dick, like you're like like you're like you're like you've got a huge habit, like you're messed up and everything is like, and and they're like like no nah, man no nah, no nah, we're we're all fine. You're the one that's got a problem. If you don't like the way we're living, why don't you take your ass back up to your fancy college, you smart boy? But like like why are you in such denial as mm-hmm. to the reality of what's going on? Because I have to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. And I think it's a, it's a different coast, so it's a different attitude, but I think it still is the same thing. People with way too much money, way too much excess, and they don't want to deal with the reality of their lives. So I deny, I ignore, because, you know, it's like, in order, if I have to accept anything that you say or what's going on in your life, also means that I have to accept what's going on in my life because mm-hmm. we're mirroring each other. And I don't want to accept what's going on in my life, right? So I'm going to completely ignore your life and I'm going to tell you everything's good. Everything's great. Like, because you're imitating what I'm doing and I'm imitating what you're doing. So I sure as hell can't say that you're living your life wrong because that's clearly me pointing a finger at me and I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. Um, which still doesn't mean that everything he says is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you, know, you were asking what's even the point of the narrative. If, if all he's doing is just lying to make himself sound cool and failing at that, then mm-hmm. like, what's the point? The movie ends with him making a statement, and it happens in the book, but it happens a little bit earlier. The movie, it's like, it's the last line. Uh, but in the book, it's when he's breaking up with his girlfriend. And she's like, I thought we were fine. And he's like, well, obviously, we're not fine. But, uh, <clears throat> I think this gives some insight for, for my theory. Um, oh, of course you give insight for your theory. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of exactly the point. <laughs> and in my closing argument, I'm going to tell, <laughs> tell you why their story makes perfect sense. <laughs> Is evil something you are, or is it something you do? My pain is constant and sharp, and I do not hope for a better world for anyone. In fact, I want my pain to be inflicted on others. I want no one to escape. But even after admitting this, and I have countless times, in just about every act I've committed, in coming face to face with these truths, there is no catharsis. I gain no deeper knowledge about myself. No new understanding can be extracted from my telling. There has been no reason for me to tell you any of this. This confession... Has meant nothing. Yeah, which is exactly how the movie ends. It's basically him saying, "Yeah, there, there was absolutely no point in, in me, engaging in this." See, for me, I'm taking that as, you know, I want people to feel the pain that I feel. I want people, like, I want people to to feel like I feel, and I feel pain. Because of all this stuff, because I don't have anything, and I want them to feel the same pain too, because I am, I'm recognizing that I don't have anything as where everyone else is in denial. And once I recognize it, I can't hide it anymore. I can't hide it and pretend like I'm not feeling it, that I'm not, that I'm not, you know, hurt by the fact that I don't have any kind of real connection or relationship with anybody. 
as where everyone else can. And, and so I need to shake them out of it. I need to make them feel like I do. So then I have at least somebody to connect to, but they won't. I'm the only person that's like, like I'm the person that's, that's been awakened. Like imagine, imagine if you woke up from the matrix, but you couldn't get anybody else to wake up. No one. And you like, I'd be fine with that. And so, so then you just start like, Unplugging motherfuckers, right? <laughs> just like, so all of a sudden, like, like George, like, where, where'd George go? Like, George isn't here. Like, where, where, where's Mary? Like, Mary's not here. It's like, where's Gene? So, excuse me, Gene's gone. Like, and then, but it's like, well, I think somebody might be like, hear me out here, guys, but maybe none of this is real. And, <laughs> and people, and they're just being unplugged. And it's like, no, 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 I don't want to believe that. I, so I'm just going to think that they just went on vacation. Like, you know, <laughs> Excuse me. So I'm like, no, you don't, you don't want to acknowledge that. And since they don't want to, it still leaves him alone. And he confesses all this. He says, but my confession means nothing because I'm not waking anybody up. So even though I've told you all this stuff in an attempt to wake you up, to get you to where I am, right? So I have someone that I can relate to. In the end, it amounts to nothing because everyone is still asleep. Mm. Everyone is still in denial and I'm still left alone. Yeah, I mean the way the way I read it is because he says it, there's been no catharsis and there's been no great revelation about myself. Because me telling you all this stuff, like you know, it's like you know, if you talk about it, you'll feel better. Okay, now I've talked about it, I feel no better. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it, it still sucks. Like it, it's all from the perspective of how it affects him is the way. It's the way I read that, but uh, but yeah, so uh, the. There, there you go, uh, American Psycho fans. That's that, you know, for, for those who, for those who have just like uh, familiarized themselves with it through the memes. Uh, there's some stuff to think about. Turk, is that a raincoat? Uh, why? Yes, it is a raincoat. Okay. Well. Uh, um. Anyway, so yeah, so. There, there you go. Don't at me. Don't fight me. I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, like you kind of caught me off guard. So, I, so I don't have like a prepared thing, <laughs> and I don't want to go with Huey Lewis in the news. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, I, you know, I can fall back on you. Know it's kind of a little late now. It's like, uh, do you like Phil Collins? And it's like, you know, <laughs> he's, he's okay. <laughs> so let me let me see. Like, can you tell you know a Phil Collins song from a Genesis song? Like, I don't really think you can. Like, No Jacket Required? No Jacket Required doesn't sound anything different than, than the Last Genesis album, right? I mean, <laughs> like, I Can't Dance? Don't Lose My Number? Like, come on, they're the same thing. <laughs> but, but, in that difference there, there's something subtle that you, that you really can't, can't, can't put your finger on that, but you feel it. You feel it even though you don't understand it. Turk, why do you have all these newspapers scattered around? You have a dog or something, little chow? Uh, no, but uh, I do plan on making a mess. I, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't know the lines there. I'm, I'm just ripping. <laughs> like you, 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 fucking just put me in an awkward position. <laughs> I was gonna say though, you know, after all of this conversation about this, and we walk away still feeling the same way, <laughs> I still think this was a lot easier to try to like pinpoint. And say this is how I feel about X. Than if we were trying to like debate sucker punch, but like, <laughs> like, like which story is real? No, 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 it really happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, sucker punch is real easy for me because it's like hot chicks, swords. Yeah, but like, did any of that stuff really happen? I don't care. Hot chicks, <laughs> swords, hot chicks, swords. Like, <laughs> well, you, you, you're real shallow there. Like, call me Bateman. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so uh, I have been a Comey. <laughs> Don't come around, uh-oh, the Comorants in town, uh-oh. <laughs> so, uh, and my name is Turk182. Yeah, so uh, thanks, thanks for watching. Yeah, um, listening. Listening, and, thanks um, for listening. <laughs> Uh, this is this is the radio. We we have listeners, not watchers. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to tell everybody out there, the internet turk. <laughs> I just want to tell everybody, everybody out, you know, like like watching at home. It's like, uh, sorry, you know, I've been my my Grand Theft Auto Laszlo. This is the guy that calls. He's like, Laszlo. I just want to tell all your, all your viewers out there. It's like, um, this is the radio. We, we have listeners, not viewers. Like, yeah. So just everyone at home watching is like. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't even know what the rally is for. It's for Hope Laszlo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, so again, yeah, Turk 182, and uh, that was uh, American Psycho, or as I like to call it, a Comey on a regular day. <laughs> no, Turk, what are you doing? No! Ah! All right there, folks, that was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.